on the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again Welcome in to another episode of the Commitment Issues Podcast. Special edition this week, we are uh, in... Hattiesburg, Mississippi for the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game. Uh, Woody and I are both here. Joined this week, though, by our producer, Nick Kruger, and by the uh, legendary Andrew Bone, who's Snapchat famous on this podcast, and his lore kind of lives on. Uh, anyway, it's, it's good to be here, and this will be a little bit of a different feel with four voices on the podcast. Uh, you know, I'd like to have some different voices on this podcast. <laughs> you know, well, four white guys sitting around talking about football. Doesn't doesn't feel so good when the people leave you hanging there at the beginning of the podcast, is it, Rob? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the most vindictive thing I've ever heard. If only Woody, hold on. Woody has been sitting on this for three weeks now because he accused me of leaving him hanging on a joke at the beginning of like the second episode. Episode two, episode two, you can and, hear it. And now he does it to me. Have you just been like dreaming about this? Well, remember, you left me hanging because we had recorded it a second time and the joke I said fell flat because you already heard it during the first recording. Yeah, so. that's not on me. I mean, I don't know who screwed up the recording, but... Yes, you did. Oh, it yeah, was on you. <laughs> that is on I wish our listeners could see our uh, amazing setup that we have now. <laughs> but the funny part about it is this is probably not the worst place that I've done a podcast with someone. <laughs> You've done one in a gutter? <laughs> I, I will say this. Now, somebody called, this reporter calls me up one day. And he says, hey, can you do a, can you come on my radio show? And uh, he asked me if I lived in Birmingham. And I said, yeah, I live in Birmingham. I'll you know, I can come do your radio show. Let me give you an ad, my, the address to the station. Meet me in the so, back of this massage so, <laughs> so the guy, the guy gives me his the address. I'm thinking I'm driving to a radio station, and I never really heard of the station. I should have googled it or something. Uh, I guess Yahoo'd it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but so I was just didn't. So I drove to this place, and, and I'm in a neighborhood. I'm driving around. I'm like, ah, oh, this is. It's probably not right. And so I called the guy. I said, "Man, I'm in a neighborhood. I don't. I don't think I'm in the right place." He said, "No, you're in the right place. Uh, you know what? What street are you on?" I told him. He said, "Yeah, just come down. I'm the you know third house on the left." Oh, no. And I was like, "And this is this is not not cool right now. Not cool." So I'm immediately regretting calling or telling this guy to come to his podcast. But I walked up, rang the doorbell. He's like, "Hey, come on in. Come on in." And this guy's probably listening to this right now. <laughs> But and if you are, I appreciate you inviting me over to the house. But that was that was one of the most awkward podcasts. And, and then he says, "Well, let's go." Uh, I've got a this now. They got a, a little weirder. He says, "I have a workroom upstairs." Now I was uh, I could have probably beat this guy to a pulp because I was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't. Well, I'm saying I wasn't really that nervous unless he had like some guy out there who could have, like, you know, shot me with a yeah, tranquilizer or something. Alabama, but uh, but so we get, you know, we go upstairs, we do the podcast, and then I was, he was like, "Yeah, I'd love to have you back." I, I don't think. Like, no, yeah, I think he called me like a couple more times, and I, I apologize if. You're listening, and I didn't take your call again, but right. that was very awkward. Wait, what, what an introduction for Andrew Bone to the podcast. That includes story hour. Uh, story hour but, if, but if our listeners well. didn't know, we are in a hotel room. Right? <laughs> yes, we, we are here. <laughs> All right, well, let's, okay, we got Andrew Bone here. We've, we've been waiting to have him on. We're in Mississippi here at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game. Bone Zone, all we've been hearing all week, these kids telling us, that they love Georgia. All of a sudden, guys like Ben yeah. Davis, guys like Lindell Wilson. We're talking about five-star prospects here. What is going to be the impact on Alabama of Kirby Smart leaving for Georgia? Well, I think uh, you know, with Alabama right now, they're just going to have to kind of weather this storm a little bit. Um, you know, Kirby Smart was such a big uh, recruiter for them, such a big coach for them, being the defensive coordinator there for several years, and um, you know, a lot of these guys built great relationships with Kirby. Guys like. Ben Davis, uh, Mac Wilson, two five-star players from the state of Alabama, two guys who are rated, you know, in the top twelve in the entire country. I think, you know, it wasn't a big surprise to see Mac Wilson release a uh, an updated top five, and and he had Georgia in that top five. Said he's going to take an official visit. I think the biggest surprise though was Ben Davis coming out with his top five and saying that Georgia was, and not necessarily saying. Hey, I have a top five, but saying Georgia was his leader. Um, he is vi- now he's visited Georgia before, but you know Georgia was really never considered a, a major threat for him. Now they are, um, and he's going to take an official visit to Georgia. I think most people still assume he's going to end up at Alabama. Yeah, I was going to ask you. 
how much of it is this is a new thing with Kirby Smart being a head coach at a, at a program that's had some success in the past and these Alabama kids have had their interest peaked, but they're all, when it comes down to, you know, cards on the table, are still going to be, you know, lured back by the in-state school. Because you know how hard it is it is for these kids to leave Alabama. It seems like when you grow up in Alabama, you look at Alabama, you look at Auburn, and you usually stay there. So how much of this yeah. is just it's new and, and it'll kind of rain back in, or how much are they actually considering bolting out of the state? Well, I think, uh, I think they're really considering these schools, and especially when they take their official visits here in January. You know, we'll see what happens. It's been really tough, though, for you know, a, a, an elite in-state prospect in the state of Alabama to leave the state if they're heavily recruited by Alabama and you know, and or Auburn. Uh, you know, coach Coach Nick Saban, Coach Gus Malzahn. It has a, the recruits have a hard time leaving the state. Now we saw that a few years ago. Uh, Jameis Winston, uh, you know, leaves the state, goes to because uh, Florida State did really well down there, obviously. Um, <laughs> And uh, you know now now playing in the NFL and doing doing really well in the NFL, but you know it's been a while since a guy who is really wanted by you know either one of the in-state schools has left the state of Alabama. Well, and I think what we're forgetting, and probably you know fans are excited, Florida fans are excited about the potential of getting Mac Wilson. He says they're his leader. Georgia fans are excited about everything right now. This is the time of year where the kids really kind of start playing games. They they really enjoy messing with us, especially they like. Uh, they like the attention, and you know we saw Davis come out wearing Georgia gloves, having a Georgia towel mm-hmm. yesterday, and then of course today he's got an Alabama towel, right. he's got the Alabama gloves, and he made sure you know they make sure all the reporters like like us or like Bowen at least are taking pictures <laughs> and putting them on Twitter, and they want the love, they want the love for oh, the yeah. fans. This is it because they enjoy this recruiting process. It's coming to a close, right? We got a month. It's all over. Left. Yeah, it's almost done. So. Uh, personally, I could see. I I still have a you know. If I had to make a prediction on Ben Davis, I mean, I'd say he would go to Alabama. His dad was a legendary Alabama player. He likes Georgia, but then at the same time, he said he hasn't even talked to Kirby Smart yet. Is what he told us mm-hmm. the other day. So I mean, yeah, I think he's going to Alabama. Right. So it's, yeah, I think with Mac right now, Mac Wilson. Um, you know, we you hear us refer to him as Lindell Wilson, but he likes to go by Mac. Um, you know, I think it's going to be tough for him to say no to to Alabama just because he grew up an Alabama fan. His his family lives in Montgomery, and you know, it'd be a lot easier for them to see him. Uh, but he he does really like Florida a lot. He, he has Florida. He's had Florida as a, his leader for about a month now. Uh, he has some uh, a teammate uh, Antonio Nelson, who's a safety, who's going there. Uh, also another close friend, Juwan Taylor, uh, who plays at Park Crossing High School in uh, in Montgomery, also uh, going to Florida. So he has some you know, some really big connections down and uh, that are going down to Gainesville. So you know, I think that's going to play a big role. But you know, I think uh, you know at the end of the day, you know, guys like Ben Davis, Mac Wilson, I think they're going to have a hard time you know telling Alabama you know they're going elsewhere. So if you had to say, I mean, I guess we can all kind of talk about this. We, we have to think Kirby Smart's going to steal some guys from the class, right? Is he going to be able to pick some guys off that are already committed? And if you had to predict, who would they be? Um, yeah, I'm not necessarily sure that he's going to be able to take anyone from the 2016 class that's committed right now. You know, you may see um, you may see somebody in the 2017 class. Um, you know, especially in the state of Georgia, I think Jake Fromm's pretty locked in with Alabama. Uh, that, that's what. It seems like right now, um, I think uh, Xavier McKinney from Roswell High School in Georgia, uh, you know, he's a defensive back, uh, definitely one of the top athletes in, in Georgia for next year. I think he's going to end up being one of uh, Kirby's top targets next year, so you know, he, he's certainly going to recruit him. But you know, maybe uh, you know, it may really help with some of these former Alabama commitments in the 2016 class, Demetrius Robertson. Uh, five-star athlete out of Georgia, um, Shaheem Carter, uh, Rivals 100 cornerback out of uh, Louisiana. Those are two guys who are former Alabama commitments. And now you have uh, you know, the, in Georgia squarely in the mix for uh, for both of those players before Kirby Smart goes to uh, goes to Georgia. So we'll probably see uh, you know, some some heavy interest in Georgia from both of those guys. All right, let's transition to to Kirby being at Georgia. Seems like, uh, boy, the Georgia fans really reacted well. I think that was the guy we all knew they were going to get. He, he gets officially introduced this week, and it seemed like, uh, you know, the, the fans are, are happy now. They, the recruits seem to be really happy. Personally, I, I'm curious to see, you mentioned guys like Demetrius Robertson, a five-star athlete. I'm curious to see who they end up landing here in 2016. I think the impact is going to be 2017 because, you know, I've talked to several guys I could see them landing, you know, a five-star like Nate McBride, a guy who, you know, previously might have gone to to Alabama, a five-star linebacker. Then you talk about 
William Poole, five-star DB. Lee Anthony Williams, a Rivals 100 DB. Jaden Hunter, another top 250 guy who was, who was looking at Alabama and Georgia, and his dad played at Georgia. And all of a sudden, Xavier McKinney, all those guys are close, and all of a sudden, they're st- stacking up. I mean, we're talking, you know, five Rivals 100 guys to Georgia, yeah. just like that in the next year's class. And it's a really good good year in Georgia next year. So, And, you know, a guy like Nate McBride, who's had Alabama and Georgia as his top two schools for, for the longest time. And, you know, I think a big reason for Alabama being so high up on his list, and he's named Alabama as his favorite over Georgia at some point. Um, you know, a big reason for that was because of Kirby Smart. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, you know, the recruiting momentum is certainly going to help. I mean, you know, I remember when um, when Nick Saban was hired at Alabama, you know, he was able to have a, a pretty good class those first, you know, he was in town for about a, about two months before National Signing Day, and he was able to get some, some really good players. But when he, has the, when he had that full year, when he had that 2008 class, which featured guys like Julio Jones, uh, Mark Barron, uh, Marcel Darius, Mark Ingram, Players like that, you know, a lot of guys from the state of Alabama, um, you know, that really made their class and, and made their program kind of what it is today. I think that's going to be the kind of the direction we're going to see uh, Georgia go. Now, Rob, uh, Georgia was recruiting Florida well. We got they have a guy, Malik Young from Coconut Creek, who's been committed for a while. Do you see them kind of pulling, maybe pulling out, especially because I think they got a guy, DeAndre Baker out of Jacksonville last year. Those seem to be like Jeremy Pruitt's guys. I think we don't expect Pruitt to be back. Do you see them kind of shifting their focus now from Florida to maybe Alabama or some of the other states that Smarts used to recruit? I, I think that it stands to reason that that will happen. Um, and with Malik Young, I you know I still don't think that they're out of the woods with retaining him with this coaching change. Right. I mean, he's got too many friends that are looking at too many other places on that team, uh, and you know people recruiting him other places to where he may. I mean, I asked him point blank if he was going to decommit and you know he gave me the old no comment which is recruiting speak yeah, for just wait recruiting, <laughs> you know? recruiting speak for he gone <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see what happens there I mean he's still technically part of the class so so who knows but yeah I could see the focus changing I think I mean obviously it's Alabama's getting better and better at the top with talent it seems like every year they get deeper and deeper uh, so you can make a living there if you can supplement with Georgia and state and, and, and you can get into Mississippi and you can get into other places and you don't necessarily have to be a, a stronghold at Florida to succeed in Georgia I don't think well, these guys that they were getting... Yeah, it's not like they were getting yeah. top tier. I mean, Malik Young is a fine player, don't get me wrong, but it's not like they're going in there and snagging, you know, the Rivals 100 kids or the five-star kids or the, the top-tier talent. Uh, you know, they were just kind of trying to supplement the in-state guys, and, and they don't necessarily need that, I don't think, like I just said. Well, and they were really... I can tell you personally that taking... When you take a three-star DB out of Jacksonville, and, you know, they, they might have had him higher on their board, or you take a three-star, like, out of Coconut Creek... You're making a lot of people angry in Atlanta by skipping over the local passing town. over maybe a guy of equal talent that's that's local and instead of going down to Florida and taking some. Yeah, that's a thing that happens in Florida too. I mean, it happens vice versa. I think. I mean, that's a big, big issue in Miami as well with this new hire. Well, so now Rob, Miami was the scene. I mean, Mark Richter getting the job, and it seemed like. Uh, you know, they were already building a statue for him. Mario Crystal likely it's halfway constructed, it's up to the waist. Jeez, holy <laughs> crap. So what's going on? So what what was the reaction? What was the feel? I mean, I know you talked to a lot of people off the record and stuff like that. What was the general vibe of you know and the reaction to the hire? All right, so it's split, it's twofold, obviously. The prospects above it because splash, you know, like, hey, I know that guy's name. Yay. He like exists. so I mean they like that, you know, prospects like that kind of thing. That guy one at Georgia, they were familiar with who he was and you know, everybody wants to say they play for a coach that's got some name recognition. So I think it went over really well with the prospects. I think the handlers and maybe that's not the PC word, the trainers, um, and when mentors. mentors uh were a little bit maybe not put off but uneasy. Um, because you know, what's important to them is that, you know, the kids that they're trying to help uh, get scholarships, which, you know, is a, a noble thing. And I think the most important thing to them is that whoever the coach at Miami is is going to recruit Dade County, recruit Broward County. Uh, and I think they knew Mario Cristobal would do that. So uh, there was a little bit of unease, I think. Uh, but Rick, you know, came out in his introductory press, introductory press conference and said that he really wanted to, you know, mind Dade County. He says he wants to draw, you know, says the PC things, draw, you know, a 50-mile circle or whatever he said. State of Miami. Yeah. And, and recruit. You know, I think that kind of put them at ease. Uh, that's all you need to do uh, what what he's going to also need to do though is manage the former players and the 
thousands of former players that want to be on the sidelines every Saturday. And, you know, it's coaching. We talk a lot on this podcast about the culture of the Miami job and the culture of Dade County. And it's definitely something that's going to come into play. And I think Rick is familiar with it and has been a head coach for long enough that he knows how to play the game. But you have to manage, you know, these mentors and these former players when it comes to recruiting. I mean, you have to appease them. It may not be, you know, part of a head coach's job 20 years ago, but it certainly is now, and especially in that job. And that's something that he's going to need to uh, acclimate to, I think, in in Miami. So have we heard, you know, I haven't, obviously we're here in Mississippi. We've been working all day and all night, seems like, pretty much. Have we heard how he's going to build out his staff? I mean, is a guy like Kevin Beard going to stay? Do you think that's vital to keep some of those guys? I think that the name that you just mentioned is the most vital. Um, Some of the other ones, some of the other assistants are, you know, kind of guys that, and I don't want to say replaceable, but replaceable, um, guys that can be phased out. And and Beard's, you know, the young, energetic guy that's tied to the, the king of the linchpin of this recruiting class at Sam Bruce, and if you lose him, I think Bruce takes a look around, possibly. And then if you lose Bruce, you stand to lose a lot of other things. I think that it's vital that they keep him on staff. I have not read a report that says they will or will not, uh, but I know that if I was Mark Richt, that I would be keeping him around. So that's something I kind of wanted to talk about. We hear a lot about these head coaches getting the jobs, but because of the bowl games, a lot of the assistants are staying in place. So we only half of the dominoes have fallen here. Okay, We have smart now at Georgia, but we don't know who he's going to fill his staff out with. He's going to take guys from somewhere else, sure. and all of a sudden it's going to affect everyone. Same with Rick. Rick could go bring Jeremy Pruitt in, and next thing you know, guys that were... Yeah, and then it becomes recruiting frenzy, you know? So, so I think while we're all reacting to some of these guys, you know, saying, you know, like Ben Davis talking about how much you know, he <laughs> loves Georgia despite not talking to Kirby Smart yet, I think... <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> recruiting is so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and Derek, you know, Derek Brown, like one of the top thirty players in the country, saying he hasn't even heard from Kirby Smart yet. You know, but well, I talked to a former Georgia player today who told me there's only three guys working. The other coaches now aren't recruiting, so you've got three guys. You can only talk to so many players at a time. So I think we're going to head into the dead period. We're, we're sort of cruising into it, and then. Boy, after the bowl games, yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be insane. great or awful, depending on. It's gonna be a, it's just an all-out war, right? Yeah, I mean, that's how it is every single year. And it could be worse even this year because of the profile of the jobs involved. You know, because of the the profiles of some of these programs that have had changes at the top, they're gonna attract some seriously like big assistant coaches with pull, which means. Anything that happens now really doesn't matter as far right. as these programs are concerned. It's true. So one thing that does matter, and it matters to all of us, because Jacob Eason, the five-star quarterback, I think he's he moved up in our new rankings. I don't know. He's somewhere in the top ten. Yeah. Right. He's good anyway. We're really, really uh, splitting hairs there. I was number six overall, according to Nick, uh, who's giving us hand signals despite being... I, mean, I have no glass to like <laughs> hide behind, but I'm doing the... Jacob Eason, the number six overall player in the country, committed to Georgia for a year and a half now. All of a sudden, he goes down to Florida, takes an official visit, and... Uh, Shows up in a Girls Gone Wild Snapchat, right. pretty much. Right, which, <laughs> we can touch on that. It was a, it was a crazy visit for Eason. An official visit is 48 hours. A lot of people don't know that. From the minute you get there, you got 48 hours. Easton decides to stay another night, which means he had to pay his own way home, which was unusual. Uh, He stayed the last night, and because of, you know, today's social media landscape, all of a sudden we had videos, we had pictures, we had videos of him kissing girls. obviously is troubling, and we should probably touch on that. Like... It's going to sound kind of like high-handed coming from people that cover recruiting for a living. But there's something that makes my stomach like hurt when I see a video of a high school kid making out with a chick on on Twitter. You know, it's like... I hey. said on Tinder. <laughs> Which, that's probably been, possible Been as there well. before. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, I, I understand that it is a different time and, you know, people do care about recruiting and it is funny. But at the same time, taking creep shots of high school boys at bars... A little bit uncomfortable to me. Well, now wait a second. Just how, how much into detail can we go about this video in question? No, we can talk about it. Okay, because first of all, it wasn't like somebody was creeping. He was making out with a girl in the corner. They were clearly setting up for like, oh, it's Jake. I'm going to take a picture with him. And like, as the picture was being taken, you know. Oh, like, so he could, see, I, I watched it once. He, so I'm not complaining. It was like, it was like the, uh, you know, when you put the arm around the girl. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, but like, but like a yeah. much quicker, more Precise. It was, it was the two fingers to the chin move, which I, I'm gonna be honest, I've used before. Who hasn't? <laughs> it's been a long time, but 
it did it did happen at one point. It, it has it has not worked. I can also say. You know what's you know what's, yeah, you know what's creepier than you know what's creepier than, than creep shots of high school kids at bars that don't know they're being videotaped. Grown men sitting around analyzing the creep shots. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm defending it. Or well, you're, I don't know who I'm defending actually. Just, you're, you're defending the Snapchat. The girl the girl did not pull away, but she. I mean, Listen, it could if, have been anybody. If, the video, if she would have, <laughs> could have been anybody. If she would have pulled away, I would be so happy. It would have, been, it would have made me so happy. It would have been way funnier. Before I wouldn't have gotten this Re- Regardless, it's creepy. We did see a lot of screenshots of Snapchats and stuff like that. Here's a here's lesson to recruits. I know so many recruits listen to this podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, they probably love us. Be careful. Be careful who you let follow you. If you don't want to get it out there, don't put it on the story. You know what I mean? That's, sure. That's the lesson. That's what the direct messaging is for. Look, man, this is basically the Snapchat podcast. Right. For some time. Between <laughs> our phone conversations. So, so Easton loved it down there. Now, we know every... Recruit loves an official visit, right? Man, now we do. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, now we really got some behind-the-scenes work. Um, but do, how close do we think he is? I mean, I think a report came out that said he talked to the local paper or something like that and said he was going to decide between Florida and Georgia. Now he is at Washington right now taking an official visit, which is his, his hometown school. I think he's going to Florida. Do you think so? I think it's Florida. Yeah. I would say Florida. I. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't have a pick. I guess if I had to say, got on a limb. Say, yeah. say, he's, say, he's, going, say, say he's, he's going with Mike Leach. I would say oh, yeah. he did. Mike Leach did stop in too for you know, visit. I would say he sticks with Georgia. And this might go back to the conversation that we all had earlier about the staff at Georgia not being in place yet. What if they hire his quarterback coach? But we're, the, the, well, here's I mean, another part of that the, helps. Here's another part of the Jason the Jacob Eason saga. We had a quarterback coach do an interview with our Miami site. Claiming to be his personal coach, and it wasn't even the guy. He was lying. Yeah, this is another tally mark for recruiting is awesome. So, so well, the way it works is this time of year, the kids aren't talking. Jacob Eason is not talking to anyone. I think he did an interview with the local newspaper because they show up at the school. He knows knows them, but he's not talking to any of us. So we have to reach out and say, who can we get that knows this kid well? So if you're on our Miami site and a guy tells you, hey, you know. I'm his quarterback coach, and this guy does train quarterbacks up in Washington. Yeah, it's not State. like he's a Mazda dealer. Right, he's not he's a guy off the streets. But I went to a camp, Nick and I actually both went to a camp with his actual quarterback coach, uh, who's named Lavelle, who we met and hung out with at the uh, flight school, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, so when I read the article, I was like, wait, who is this guy? I reached out to a couple different people, and I asked Lavelle, and he was like, Nah, he works out with me. And then you Google, I mean, you Google Jacob Eason quarterback coach, and there's articles over the last three years, and all of them quote Lavelle as being the guy. So this other guy is like maybe the dude that brought Bone to his house for the podcast. Well, I think this guy, you know, probably was. We know these quarterbacks <laughs> can bounce around and maybe do a lesson with somebody here and there. I think he has done a lesson. I don't think he's dialed in, but you have, that's another aspect. You have guys wanting to attach their names because, you know, people are following this Jacob Eason story closely, and they say, okay, well, this guy. You know, hey, he was a trained Jacob, he trained Jacob Eason. I'm going to send my right. kid to him. So, uh, I guess if we're making predictions, I'm going to say he sticks with George just because they need a quarterback badly. You know, Will, Will Greer is good. He's coming back. He's going to miss half the season. They also have former Alabama quarterback uh, Luke Del Rio on that on that roster. I think also a former Oklahoma State quarterback <laughs> Del Rio. Yeah, where else did he go? Oregon State. Yeah, he's been a bolt. This guy's he's done it all. I mean, you're talking about a, a veteran of three or four different programs. <laughs> a real utility player. Yeah, and I don't know if he had a scholarship. But he walked time. on. He walked yeah. on at Oregon, despite having like all these or Oregon State, despite having he all would have these stayed. Offers. No, he would have stayed at Alabama if they were. No, no, he walked on at Alabama. He walked me. on at Alabama right. in. in uh, and he would have stayed at Alabama if they were going to give him a scholarship, but he decided to transfer, and uh, Alabama ends up... What's uh, Jack Del Rio's son need a scholarship for? I, I mean, well, <laughs> let, let's not forget, he transferred from Alabama to Oregon State, where Mike Riley was a coach. Bone, where did Mike Riley go to uh, to college? I forget. Uh, the University of Alabama. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's <laughs> and he was not. He was not at Oklahoma State. He was at Oregon State. Oregon State. Full okay. of just like... So he went to Tristan. So Jacob Eason, that, that it's it's crazy. It's only made it crazier, but we're, he's out of time. This is it because he's enrolling. He's going to the Army game. He's going to have to make a decision sometime during this dead period. And boy, if he does go to Florida, then what does Felipe Franks do? He's gone. Franks is gone. Is he going back to LSU? Does he go to UCF? Could that happen? No, he will go back to LSU. Man, I don't. Like, <laughs> you, we're, we're, we're we're again just working in, in multiple multiple hypotheticals here, which I guess is what recruiting kind of is. But I, I agree, with Andrew. Man, if it's if if 
If they get Eason, Franks is gone. I don't know where he's gone to. Yeah. Let's go full circle. How about Franks to Georgia? No, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Georgia's going to need their quarterback, though. I mean, I, I'm told they're going to take two. Even if they get Eason, they need another one because... Luke Del Rio is available. We already have <laughs> Fatan Bowtown, whatever his name is. He's, he's out. Bryce Ramsey's the punter. So that leaves Grayson Lambert, who's a senior next year. They, I mean, unfortunately for Kirby Smart, he's coming into an awful situation quarterback-wise if they don't get Eason. Yeah. So, all right, we've been here in, Al- we've been here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We've had some, some good food, haven't we? I mean, so far, so good. I was pleasantly surprised by the level of cuisine in this place. No, of course, I've, I've eaten at a few places where I could eat on any given night in Birmingham, but... Letha's. Yeah. Uh, Letha's was good. Yeah, Letha's a uh, barbecue place. I guess we'll skip to a quick recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about this city, though, a place like Letha's and a place we went for lunch today, I can't It was called Great... It was called Good Great, Soul. Great Soul. Grateful Soul. Yeah. Right? There's all kinds of puns good. tied in on it. All three or four menu items. At Letha's, yeah, three or four point. menu items. I mean... Which yeah. isn't good for Rob Cassidy, who doesn't like having the same thing. Well, as somebody else. You know, as Colin Cowherd would tell us, the least that you know, stick to what you're good at. Ah, do a I few menu items. Do a few things great instead of doing a lot of things average. So, we've been seeing a lot of players here. We talked about Ben Davis earlier. To me, you know, for my money, <laughs> Ben Davis is the best player here. Wouldn't you say? He's been very good. Um, yeah, I he's been better than anybody. I you know I I think Raquan Davis has been very good. Um, Raquan Davis. Speaking of which. <laughs> if Raekwon Davis lived in Atlanta, he would be the number one player in the country. He There's looks, no doubt in my He's mind. a mountain of a gentleman. He's, no he's probably... I, you know, it's I've, one of those two that have been the most disruptive. I've, I've covered recruiting for like 12 years, and he's the biggest... Kid I've ever seen, and there's it's not like he's fat. <laughs> no, it, Rob, or Nick. he looks like a professional wrestler. <laughs> yeah. What would his wrestling? He's got the hair like kind of like Coolio. Yeah, no, he'd be so. That, they put some kind of like weird, like uh, crazy person gimmick on him with the with the electrified looking Maybe hair, some contacts, dreads, and yeah, some yellow eyes. eyes. Yeah, <laughs> what do you think, Kruger? <laughs> as, as a wrestler, yeah, yeah you're the, or uh, as a football player. As a wrestler, <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be like a, he's got to be like a Papa Shango part too. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Put like a, put like a voodoo, voodoo, voodoo outfit, a big top <laughs> hat. You know what I mean? I like uh, I like Jeffrey Simmons. Yes, as a wrestler, probably both. He's he's quick. Those are all the, those are all guys in the top 100. Uh, Raekwon Davis is committed to Alabama. We talked about we talked about Ben Davis, you know, earlier. Guys who are guys who are not in the top 100. Oh yeah. boy, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jeffrey Simmons is like the thir- number 30 player in the country or something. No, he, you know, he's top 50, top 60. No, no way. Yeah, he, no way. He's a 6.0. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a 6.0, no, but he's like up, he's like yeah. 50. He's like 50. I think he's like I think he's like 44. He may be 44. Well, either way, he's been great. And unfortunately, it's just unfortunate these players in Mississippi, they're just, and it's partially our fault because we don't have an opportunity to see them. There's not events here. We're not. That's kind of on me. I mean, this is my state. It's been my state for 10 months. I need probably get out here more, but it's so hard to get out here because to see these guys, you have to go to 13, 14 different schools. Right. Like not well grouped. Well, and you're not seeing them competing against other people. This is the first time we get a chance to really see them go. So let's do this while we're talking about all these higher league ranked kids. Who have you seen here? We'll go around the table to all four of us that maybe surprised you a little bit that you thought was a little bit better than what you thought coming in. Boy, I'm gonna need my roster for that one because we were looking. Bone, who is the uh, the defensive tackle? I'll, I'll say this. You know, we had uh, we we talked about Quinnen Williams, who was a three star who. Of course, I've been telling you for a while. It's true. You can plug it. I'll take. I'll take my rap. Need to bump him up to four, and uh, I think he earned it. Yes, I Um, concur. He is a very good, very good. But one kid who uh, I don't know if he's a low three or if he's a two star right now. But Curtis Beeman from uh, Huffman High School in Birmingham, and not the biggest guy. um, Excuse me, not the tallest guy, but. I mean, he's like a, a freaking bowling ball. I mean, yeah, he's like he's a freaking good. boulder. Um, I mean, he, he's been surprisingly extremely quick off the ball, uh, very strong. Um, you know, I think he's going you know, to have a chance to maybe end up somewhere like a Western Kentucky, um, um, yeah, maybe, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, maybe in Indiana. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens, but I think he's had a really good week. Um, you well, know, put him you yesterday know, on the stocker. Yeah, I mean, and we're, you know, read that at rivals.com, by the way. And we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about guys who you know don't necessarily have the 
the Alabama, the Auburn, the Georgia, the Ole Miss offers, but the you know the guys that that have the you know really small school offers, and you know, I think that uh, I think Curtis Beeman really has uh, has impressed this week. Nick Kruger, who has impressed you this week? Well, I think one guy that uh, you know Woody's brought up a few times is uh, Kobe Jones, who. Had you know had like a relatively good day today too. You know I was I was in Mississippi all day for day two, so uh, I saw more of him in, in our afternoon practices. We know it was sabotaged by just fun, <laughs> yeah. I mean they they could not connect on a snap to the quarterback to save their lives. But but he's been good and also uh, Adrian uh, I can't remember his last name right now. The outside linebacker um, for for Mississippi stood out today too. The big tall uh, long oh, yeah, yeah, long yeah. guy number fourteen I think. Uh... Drillin Porter. Drillin Porter, Porter, that's right. I mean, this is a guy who looks kind of like a – I thought he was a wide receiver. Uh, until, <laughs> until I, I was like, what's that dude doing on defense? Um, well, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting today. I, I, took a lot of, I took a lot of notes today. I really actually like the cutest committed to Vanderbilt, Zaire Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a defensive back from Mississippi. You don't hear about a lot of kids from Mississippi ending up at Vanderbilt. And uh, I think he had an interception today. He had a couple of pass breakups. Uh, I like him. We, we interviewed him yesterday. So a lot of good players. I would go with a Cal commit. I would go with Jordan Duncan, the wide receiver, who's committed to California from Mississippi, who I think if he was three inches taller would be a Rivals 250 guy. But, yeah, well, that's if I were three inches taller. That's true. You know, I mean, he's I mean, I, he's, he's as quick as anyone. I'm just real impressed with him. I think Cal's going to really like him. You can move him around a little bit. They'll, they'll do some things. Well, so you mentioned our content. Uh, all, all four of us obviously rolling out a ton of stuff. We're ranking players every day based on the school they're committed to. You know, Alabama's got multiple commits, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. So look for that. Look for, you know, stock reports. we got guys going up and down. we got a ton of videos of me uh, talking to these guys about what's going on with recruiting. So you find all those at Rivals.com or uh, on any of our respective Twitter accounts. Now we want to talk a little bit about, you know, the big stories in college football. The playoff field released Clemson number one. Alabama, Michigan State, and then Oklahoma. I think, you know, it's interesting we hear this talk every year. How do the recruiting rankings line up with the teams? You know, Michigan State is always mentioned as a team that doesn't recruit at the same level as those other ones. But I think in years past, we've seen them get guys like Malik McDowell, who is a five-star, who's probably one of their best players on defense. And their running backs are four-star guys. I mean, how much, how much do you think that it is for them developing guys? or And how much do you think it is just stepping up their level of recruiting has helped them get to this point? It's a combination of things. I mean, probably not something that guys like us say very often, but, you know, on top of developing guys and stepping up their games, I mean, at times they've just gotten better valuations on kids than we have, and I think that's, you know, a a fact of the business that happens from time to time. Uh, I think they've obviously done very well developing players as well. I think that this will help them. I mean, they're not going to have to, I mean, they're always going to want to get their own evaluations, but I think that they're going to get indoors that they may not have been able to get into, especially in Ohio, where kids would have looked, maybe first at Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, I think they might be able to get their foot in some of these doors that they have not been able to previously. That's kind of been a slow build. Um, But, you know, getting in the playoff is a big deal. I mean, this is big-time television, big-time market, big-time national exposure that brings big-time attention to your program, and that's what these kids want. And I think this this will definitely help. We've kind of been, you know, loved up Clemson over the past few episodes. There's no doubt that you know, the, their re- recruiting success is the primary reason they're here. If you look at all, especially, you know, guys on offense, Deshaun Watson, a five-star from Georgia, Artavis Scott, Deion Kane, all these guys are out of state. South Carolina, the state of South Carolina is not producing that much talent. No, they're doing so well in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I mean, We talked about this in an earlier episode. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they have the talent. Uh, Alabama, we know, it, you know, recruits, I think they've had five of the top, five, the top class, five out of six years, so it goes without saying. And then Oklahoma... Actually, recruiting some guys that we've seen here, like Velas Jones. I know they've been trying to get into Tennessee over the past few years. But they won California, right? They they recruited LA well, and they. I think next year, as as Rob said, Michigan State, uh, Oklahoma. All of a sudden, it opens more doors. Even though you know Oklahoma's a traditional power, they have had a little bit of dip. But that whole conference has had a little bit of dip, right? But now they're in the playoff, and that's that's all that matters. Now we were having a heated discussion prior to this uh, show about the Heisman Trophy. It's interesting because Rob Cassidy was the primary evaluator of Christian McCaffrey coming mm-hmm. out of high school. I was. I was the primary evaluator, I guess, of Derrick Henry. Uh, good job. Which, yeah, great job by me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was also the only person to rank Deshaun Watson as a five-star of the four major recruits. Hey! So, 
Hey. <laughs> he makes up for it. Right now, I'm down. <laughs> so uh, when we look back, hey, at I had McCaffrey higher than anybody. Else. Right. So, so when we look back, let's look back at McCaffrey. Now I remember us really making fun of you quite, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, I took beatings because. We would look at McCaffrey, and this was the same time I think we had Devin Allen, who's in, who's in Oregon. Uh, I think Devin Allen might have been the year before. But, I mean, some of these guys from out west, especially, you know, guys who are white, and we'll say it, that are skill position players, they have more to overcome than other players, don't they? I, I think that unfairly, or, you know, it, it, I think that that's probably a stigma that's in the back of everybody's mind. I don't think that people do it intentionally. But I think that, I mean, I think that there's certain... I think there's a certain stigma that may go along with that. Yeah, as far as when it comes to football, anyway. Um, I pushed hard on McCaffrey. I don't know if you remember this very well. I loved the kid. Uh, he played at Valor Christian in Colorado, and I was working on the West Coast at that time. And, you know, they don't play great competition out there, and that was always the knock that I got from, from people on those calls when you guys were abusing me for trying to push this kid up the rankings. But, you know, we, we sit back a few years later, and now look, I'm patting myself on the back right now. You people can't see this, but I am. Well, so we, we look at his size. I mean, how it's hard to tell on TV. Do you think, he, is he the type of guy that translates to the NFL well, or is he going to be? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see how he wouldn't. I mean, he, it's not, I don't think he's woefully undersized. Uh, he's obviously fast enough. Right. Um, I think I don't. I don't know what the the knock would be on what we don't think would translate. Well, we saw you know we, uh, uh, he's obviously bigger than Michael James. We saw Michael James was a Heisman finalist, went in the second round of the draft. I think he's a, he might be out of the league now. Yeah. I mean, that's that would be the one concern with me. But he does run between the tackles. He does. And he's big enough to do so. I mean, he's got those broad shoulders. He's got. If I was like really disciplined about getting in the gym, I would have that built because he's got my broad shoulders. <laughs> I mean, he's not. Toby Gerhardt, right? I mean, Toby, no, 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 no. If Toby Gerhardt's more like Derrick Henry, yeah. Than, uh, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's just you know Derrick Henry. He doesn't have that height either. I mean, he's not a tight end running around in the backfield. All right. So, so Derrick Henry. Let's revisit his his rankings. I guess a little bit. He was not a five star in rivals. You know, he set the all time high school rushing record. He played at a school that you know had a hard time scheduling games. Actually, against teams <laughs> their own size, they played some bigger games. I remember watching him play against Kelvin Taylor. And he had, a, he had a bunch of yards that game. I think he broke off some big ones. He actually came up and played in Atlanta, I believe, against Buford and struggled in that game. And so there were con- some concerns there. I mean, I, I wasn't sure if he would be moved to another position. Uh, and I think everybody kind of shared these. And, you know, though, is he a tight end? Well, he can't really catch. Uh, is he going to be a defender? Well, no. He, he didn't, he, that wasn't really his strength either. <laughs> so he ends up playing running back. And the question is, you know, we'll throw this at Bone. If he, you know, if you swapped him out, if he went to Tennessee or if he went to Florida, do you think he puts up these same type of numbers? Um, you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, hard to predict. Uh, you know, Alabama's offensive line extremely, uh, extremely talented. Uh, I think Mario Cristobal has done a really good job uh, since he's taken over that position. They've recruited really well, and um, you know, a lot of these guys are guys that that came in around the. Uh, Around the same time with Derrick Henry, you know, maybe a year later, you know, three of their starting offensive linemen are guys who are you know, only second-year players at Alabama. Uh, Cam Robinson, who obviously is a, uh, a big-time talent guy who's probably going to be taken in the first round of the NFL draft next year at left tackle. Um, Dontavious Jackson, who is a, uh, a JUCO transfer last year um, and at right tackle. And Ross Piercebacher, um, another guy who's in his uh, second year. Um, of course, you have a uh, – you, know, you have an all first team All American in uh, in Ryan Kelly at center, and he's had to wait his turn. You know, I'm not sure if he he went so, you know somewhere else. He would have to wait behind as much talent that has been in Tuscaloosa. You know, last year he was second team behind uh, you know behind T.J. Yeldon, and and the year before that it was Eddie Lacy, T.J. Yeldon, and then Derrick Henry. So I'm I'm just not sure if he would have the same level of success as, uh, as he's having at Alabama if he would somewhere else, but. I think he would still be the feature back wherever he wherever he was. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And he'd get a ton of yards. You know, we saw how many yards he, he got in high school. Um, you know, what was it, 12,000, over 12,000 yards uh, right. throughout his high yeah, school yeah, career. Broke crazy. the uh, National High School State rushing uh, uh, rushing yards in a career. So, uh, he's certainly a, a big-time player. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, I would say, I guess, he's going to be the front-runner for the Heisman Trophy going into the weekend. Will he win it? You know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, the competition you play up against in the SEC week in and week out, especially on the, uh, you know, those defenses you, you face, you know, every single week. And, you know, people may people might want to say, well, the SEC was, uh, you know, down this year. 
Well, you know what? It, they they may be down, but they still have great defenses, great defensive coaches, and you know, of course, when um, all these teams are kind of game planning to uh, to stop Henry every every single week, I mean, that's their that's their main job is to uh, to slow down Henry, and you know, he's uh, he's kind of gotten better and better, you know, every single week, and I think a lot of people will wait and see you know, what what was going to happen the last few weeks of the of the football season, what was going to happen against LSU. That you know, that LSU game kind of propelled him into that front-runner Heisman um, talk, and then, you know, he continued to do good, had a great game against Mississippi State, um, had a big game against Auburn where he rushed for over 270 yards, and then uh, then had an SEC championship game. You know, you know, Florida may not have been great on offense, but they still have a, uh, you know, they still have a great defense, and he rushed for 189 yards against, uh, against Florida in the SEC championship, but... Yeah, you know, it's it's tough for these voters. Huh? You know, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, all three guys are well deserving to be there, and there's some guys who are deserving that aren't there. You know, that Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. You know, I think you know Baker Mayfield. Those are certainly some guys who, who I think, uh, you know, any other year when they've you know we've seen in the years past they've had five, six guys in New York at these Heisman Trophy ceremonies, and I think those guys certainly deserve it. But you know, obviously, it's going to be one of these three. Well, so we talked about Henry and his ranking. I mean, we'll touch on rankings a little bit. I think he ended up in the thirties, maybe or the forties. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of you know, so many people were. Been, I say so many people. I, I'm talking mostly about about you know the the fan base that I that I deal with every single every single day, which I love. I love I love the fans so much. But um, you know, they were they definitely were not happy with uh, with that ranking, even though I mean he was still top you know, top 35 player in the right, entire yeah. country because he wasn't that, you know, everybody wants that fifth star. Well, and it just didn't happen. The, the issue is we are told, you know, and this is every recruiting website, I believe, when it comes to that five-star threshold, we are projecting not only to college but into the NFL. So in theory, a five-star player should be a first-round NFL draft pick. Now, mm-hmm. you can disagree with whether we should use that as the metric or not. Obviously, that's above our pay grade and it is uniform in the kind of the recruiting industry so well he's probably going to win the Heisman I think he will I think you know and and Mike Farrell will say he should have been a five-star but at the same time if you're telling us first rounder we won't know until the draft whether it was right or wrong because being the number 36 player in the country you're supposed to be good spoiler alert okay (laughs) you're supposed to be good and you're supposed to be taken in the Top two rounds of the right, NFL draft. Exactly. Yeah. So, so he he, he probably has outplayed his ranking, but uh, that's just some rationale. That Deshaun Watson, of course, we've talked about him on here. He was a five star. I think he finished in the thirties too. I mean, he was probably you know a few spots ahead of some other guys. And, and, and Deshaun Watson's going to be back next year. Right. And he's he's Deshaun Watson. Like I said, one of the best high school football players I've ever seen. You mentioned uh, some of the other guys. Leonard Fournette was a five star. Dalvin Cook was a five star. Baker Mayfield actually a three star who didn't even. Sign a scholarship out of high school, but I got. So you can't necessarily blame us for that one. <laughs> no, he was a three star, even though he was a walk on. Come on now. All right, so that wraps up, you know, Heisman talk. But when you look at back at those guys, you're talking about guys that are in the top fifty. You know, maybe I can't remember if McCaffrey finished in the hundred or not. But top one hundred guys are expected to to do big things, and that's what they've done. Now, listen, Andrew Bone. I know Rob's going to be mad he's not in the room for this, but Nick can good. Step in. <laughs> It's time to talk turkey. It's time to talk Snapchat. We've, we've had all <laughs> kinds of talks about it. We, you've actually been, we're, we're featured heavily on your Snapchat right now. Do you want to give out your Snapchat? Yeah, so people can add you. No, no this, is, tw- this is private. We didn't tweet it. We did tweet oh, yeah. it. No. <laughs> it's uh, private it's now. Private. We're getting more than there's, so, there's so much of our lives that, that, that's public you know, in terms of Twitter and Facebook and, and all this stuff. Instagram. Instagram. Uh, I think I have my Instagram on private. I finally had to turn my Instagram to private because some fans were uh, being a little too crazy on there. Slide into DMs, perhaps? <laughs> no. Oh, no. man. I want to hear more about this. No, it was, it was too weird. But I finally had to delete that. But, yeah, on Snapchat, I like to keep that just – it's just between my friends. and it, but But luckily – for you, you're a friend of mine. Oh, I'm a friend, <laughs> a friend and a coworker. So listen, the concert issue—it's been taken up here. You know, it's caused problems in my own home. Uh, <laughs> you know, talking about it. What What do you get out of the Snapchat posting of the concert? We can't tell who it is. We can't hear. <laughs> okay, so when I post snaps at concerts, and and 
Let's see. And I go to a bunch how of... Many, yeah, how many concerts do you go to? Uh, Two a week, probably? <laughs> no, not that many. I go to some good shows. Uh, luckily, luckily in Birmingham, we got some good venues to go, go see some great shows. But I, I try to snap maybe... You know, three times when I'm at maybe three, <laughs> three, three, <laughs> maybe three times when I'm at a uh, at a show, and and because I would say of my Snapchat, you know, the people who follow me on Snapchat are all my are just my friends. It's not like it's you know people that have they been made aware of our anti concert stance. No, here's the thing. I used to be so against Snapchat. I, I I thought it was like the dumbest thing ever. I was completely against it. And I was completely against a lot of things. I mean, I, back in the day, I was against Twitter. I was against. I mean, you know, when Facebook came out, I was like, I'll never join that. Um, oh, and, uh, Twitter. I was like, oh, my a down home boy from Alabama is but, against but, change. Course, you know what I'm saying? See, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook came out my sophomore year at Alabama. You had to have a .edu address, which was big at that right. time. So, yeah, so it was just a, uh, you yeah, know, I, I didn't think it was going to be, I thought it was going to be something that went away pretty quick. But uh, but I wasn't big on the Twitter, and then uh, then Snapchat came, and then it took me a while to get on Instagram, but Snapchat came and called people all sorts of names for being on it and thought it was dumb. And then, uh, another pretty girl said, add me on Snapchat. Yeah, probably, yeah. And then that <laughs> happened, and, uh, and I got hooked, man, and... It's uh, it's fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I enjoy it. It's kind of you know that quick little ten second, five second video of whatever you're doing at the time, and uh, I kind of like to look. <laughs> of course, there's some nights where I'm at these shows and I go back and I look at it and I was like, why did I, <laughs> why, well, no, why did I Snapchat? Well, here's 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 the here's the one thing to consider. I'd much rather have Andrew Bone snaps as they are, inaudible sound from concerts, than have him. Selfie singing while he's driving in his car, like ninety nine percent of all females do. There are a lot of uh, that is definitely singing lip singing while you're driving. While you're driving, that that really does get me. I think I think unfortunately, and we know how fast you're going because you put the filter on to show us. I think we're pretty. I have seen at least one video where people were singing like that and they got in an accident. You know, obviously we don't. Yeah, I don't. I try to stay away from the uh, from the selfies. First of all, now let's transition to another topic. You can't. You, you definitely can't text and drive because you can't text and talk to us when you're staying five feet away. <laughs> this, this morning, we're, this morning we're, okay, I, we had a situation this morning where I thought I lost my camera because Rob Cassidy, who's not here, accidentally packed it last night in his hurry to go get out of the get to go to his hotel room. Bone and I stand at the same hotel. I'm packing up to leave tonight. I'm tearing through my hotel room. I'm tearing through the car. I had to have Bone come up with me in my room, thinking, you know, we're searching everywhere for it because this is obviously a valuable camera. We go to the front desk to report it lost. Andrew Bone, a mere five to seven feet away looking at his phone. <laughs> and the guy asked me a question about what time we are here. And I say, Bone, Andrew Bone. And he doesn't even look up. And there's three people are staring at him. And when I get agitated, everyone here will, will attest that you know, I get a little loud. <laughs> including the, the team Mississippi coaches will uh, tell you that. <laughs> yeah, they so, like it. so I'm yelling at Bone's name. He doesn't even hear me just because he's texting on his phone. He's not talking to anyone. <laughs> he's, he's in what we like to call the Bone Zone. If Bone is looking at his computer or his phone, that's it. You can't talk to him. <laughs> that's good. I'm very focused on my job. All right. So anyway, all right, listen. That's the, so that's your Andrew Bone Snapchat talk. We did post his name publicly. So Adam, I don't know if he's got you private. Uh, I have a work Snapchat and a personal one, so you want to add me on Snapchat's Rivals Woody. Uh, I don't use it very much, though, so no no concert footage there. Now, <laughs> now it's time for the segment we all love, Rants and Recommendations. Who's fired up? I know, I'm, I've got multiple rants to talk about this week. <laughs> uh, my brain's too dead to do it. I'll, I'll go last. Rob just got off of a... Rob left... We know what Rob's actual rant would be, but I hope it's... Yeah, available for, for public consumption. Use here. Okay, I'm going to start with mine then, per usual. Yep. Okay, so I've been having an issue. And actually, last year in Alabama, Mississippi, Andrew Bone was a near victim of my uh, ire. I've been, you know, I use the bathroom in public places, okay? You know, call me, a, call me a rebel. I walked into the bathroom. I was in Orlando uh, at the Starbucks across the street from the aforementioned UCF. I walked in the bathroom, and the door closed. I hit the lock button, and within three seconds, someone's grabbing the handle and shaking it, okay? Now listen, you grab the handle and it's locked, that's the end of it. You don't need to pull back and forth on the door. It's not going to open. Then, six seconds later, before I can get my fly down, this person is knocking on the door, like, 
I just walked in here, okay? What do you, what do you want me to do? Open it? Hello? Welcome to the bathroom. I'm in here. I'm going to come out when I'm done. That's how it works. Now, so, now, I screamed at this person. I just walked in five seconds ago. And it turned out to be like a five foot three college student when I walked out, and she did she did not meet my eye contact. She was looking at the floor. Last year we were at pit. Were we at Starbucks or Panera Bread, Bone? Oh yeah, I think it was Starbucks. So I go to the bathroom, and who is it knocking on the door and grabbing the handle with Andrew Bone? And I open the door to scream at him, not knowing it was him. You're a maniac, man. It's a screen at Bone. I, now, Bone, what was your thinking when I opened that door? And I, I think I screamed. I'm Woody Womack and I scream at strangers. I screamed multiple expletives before I opened the door, right? I don't know. I was probably looking at my phone. So. <laughs> no question about that. Listen, if you go to a public bathroom and it's locked, it's locked. Wait till the person's done. That's it. Shaking on the handle. Next time someone does it to me, that's it. I'm setting up shop. 30 minutes. <laughs> 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 the Womack bathroom hour has now reached its conclusion. I guess I'll go because before I lose mine and my thoughts, we are doing this podcast in a Courtyard Marriott in a hotel, which I stay in a lot of hotels. And I, I guess my two, and I'll keep it brief, are hotel related. Um, I don't know how it's be- reached the year 2015. Uh, and, you know, we've got all this wonderful technology and, you know, cell phones and and you still can't put a hotel room key next to your phone without breaking it. Like, how have we not <laughs> passed the technology where these things stop getting demagnetized? If I have to take one more lap from my room back to the desk to get this thing remagnetized because I put it too close to my phone or something happened, I just don't understand why they can't just work. The other one that also drives me crazy in hotels is maybe it's a battery issue. But why must I constantly press the buttons on my television remote so hard oh, no, to listen, get them to change? Listen. I mean, you have to really lay on those things. It's almost <laughs> like I want to buy a pair of gloves oh. to protect my fingers from the channel changing calluses. The issue is, okay, let me, you can go to a restaurant now. We've all been to these type of casual dining experience restaurants where they have TVs at every table. And they have I, don't, I don't do casual listen, dining. They have to rent TV. I was at some... Gross Taco Place in in Gwinnett County recently in Georgia. Every TV had every table had a TV with Direct TV. You could change it, and it was fine. It went quickly. The problem with these hotels is they try so hard to implement whatever system they have for Andrew Bone to pay eighteen dollars to watch The Martian. <laughs> that that's what causes the lag time, and it's so frustrating. I agree. I think anybody out there will agree. We yeah, start with you on this one, Rob. I, 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 I don't think that anybody's like, yes, I really like pressing the buttons hard on the remote. Yeah, so, yeah, I would hope everybody sides with me, unless people are looking for finger workouts or something of the sorts. Figure it out. Do We've got DirecTV merging with AT&T. How much time is wasted trying to, and if, and if you, they don't have the little thing that shows all the channels, if you're trying to find ESPN on channel 47. Oh, man, you're clicking through. I mean, by the, by the time you're done clicking through an entire set of channels at a hotel, your thumb is tired. <laughs> Thumb fatigue. All right. You, got, you guys got anything? What's the deal? Um, well, I think the only thing, you know, I've covered this game for a long time. I mean, I can't. Yeah, you're one of like the forefathers. I mean, right? yeah, I mean, I, 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 today's football recruiting uh, game? Not, or? No, the Alabama Oh, okay. Yeah. This specific <laughs> game. Yeah, I've oh. covered this specific game since 2003. Right. So I have. I've gone most, mostly just in the state of Alabama because it's which only, is interesting. It's only been in Alabama. We just found out today that Bone is thirty. I am thirty. I graduated high school in two thousand and three. Yeah, so that so, means yeah. I started in the game. He's been in the I game. Started, I started in the game. Two thousand three was my first year. I was a freshman. He was college. still working on that second star, covering <laughs> <laughs> recruiting. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, you know the issue I probably have is now I've covered the games in Mobile. Um, and then it, then it went to Montgomery, and this is the first year that we've done it in the uh, in the great state of Mississippi. And uh, we're in Hattiesburg, and you know we've had some good food. I've, of course, I've gone to some places that are right around the hotel, like an Outback and and, uh, <laughs> and mug shots where I could go in, in Birmingham or basically anywhere in the in the country. But um, and we've eaten some good food. At, you know, Letha's uh, that place today. But get to the gunshots, bone fire shots. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We Hattiesburg. <laughs> My ranch get, is Hattiesburg. Get 
get a good bar scene or something. <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I like to go out at night. You know, after we put in uh, several yeah, hours both. of work, he likes to be texting on his phone. <laughs> in different places. I like to Snapchat the, the bar that I'm at in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And but you know what? Like, you don't want to be Snapchatting Outback. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but the only thing I have is uh, is an Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and a blooming onion. So I need something, Hattiesburg. So next time I come here, I don't know when that will be, but you need to get a whole strip of bars. Maybe next year. It's some sort of nightlife that we can go out, listen to some good music, see some females. Some of you guys are married. No, I mean, but I'll tell you what, Cassie and I, we need a place to go. That's what we're, we're looking for somewhere to go. And I, you know, it, well, most of these places, you know, Mobile, Montgomery, They've had places to go out to. No, we, we, really of course, of course, Cassidy wants to come back to Birmingham so bad. I do enjoy uh, Birmingham. I like yeah. Birmingham. I'll show him. Well, I'll I just, show you guys. I think it just that. gets a bad rap. Well so, uh, so Hattiesburg, <laughs> get some sort of nightlife scene Nick for us by next <laughs> two years. Yeah. What, Nick, what is grinding your gears this week? Well, I, all right, I have too many rants. Uh, too many rants, and then uh, and I'll try and keep them brief here. The first one. I'm trying to think. Hopefully, this is the week or one of the two. Uh, flying here, you know, came through the Atlanta airport security, which is usually, regardless of how long or short the line is, they find a way to move you through efficiently for the most part. However, I was flying out on Sunday morning, the day after the SEC championship game in Atlanta. And listen, Florida fans, I realize you lost, and I realize you were overmatched, and I realize you only scored two points against Florida State the week before, so you, re- you thought you had a great chance of beating Alabama <laughs> this past week. But listen, that does not give you an excuse to cut in the security line <laughs> with you, looking down in all your Florida gear after, after a tough loss. That really grinded my... Because listen, we got to a point, it was a bottleneck situation. You were three or four wide, and then you just con- you know, consistently got a little bit narrower. But Florida fans... Uh, more so than any other group of people in the security line, kept sneaking through, you know, finding you know, the line bent around to the right. They were coming from the left and cutting in front of 15 people at a time. Florida fans, not acceptable. Right. Now, Nick, get TSA pre-check, please. Listeners, $80 for like five years, and you don't have to deal with that. And speaking of TSA, and maybe this will be my way to circumvent pre-check, because, and this is what we'll, this is what I'll wrap up with, and it just very recently... At the aforementioned second Mississippi practice, we got drones flying all over the place. Here. We had we had a drone the size of a military grade helicopter out there, and I thought I legitimately thought if it was good for you know how NFL teams practice with crowd noise, yeah, yeah, yeah. music simulate the crowd sound, maybe it'll affect the game. Maybe that's why we had so many fumbles on the snaps for Mississippi. This thing had seven blades going. It was like a full. What was it was it? holding a full size camera. It did not have. It did not have a GoPro on it. It had like a jump. As a, a, a camcorder. Cinematic grade, yeah, legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> but and 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 so and it was. It'd be one thing if it's like hovering over. We've seen huddle tape, highlight film, clearly shot by a drone, maintaining position. You get a nice overhead view. This sucker was flying left and right and forward and around. back. Came real close to hitting the uprights a few times. <laughs> you know, let's 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 streamline hey, that process hey, here. FAA. It's time to step in, okay? You're gonna have to regulate this drone usage because they're loud and annoying, and they sound like a, this one sounds like a vacuum. Sounds like someone's vacuuming out on the field the entire practice. Mm. I was getting real agitated. This so, is gonna be the longest episode of the podcast ever. We gotta get out of here, fellas. Well, now, hold on. We gotta get some more. Oh, well, there's twice as many people involved. Yeah, so that's true. We gotta get some more. We're actually doing pretty good, despite you walking out halfway through and coming back in. <laughs> hey, man! Multiple have, edits on know, my I part. Re- I have to do real radio shows. <laughs> I can't just sit around here and do this two cent podcast with my <laughs> listeners. Do do more people listen to this podcast? It's okay. Okay, Rob, the radio show you just went. Oh. <laughs> See, there's probably There are two arguments to be made here: is a small town, not very many radio stations. They have to listen to the radio show. It's just not. Here's, here's the thing: I'm I'm on the show, so I'm going to tweet it out and post it on our boards. All right. So listen, one last recommendation. I think this is, speaks for all of us. I don't know. Rob hasn't been riding the same car as us, but boy, go west. King of wishful thinking. What an underrated song. <laughs> Go and download that song and listen to it. We've listened to it about 10 times. It's on Andrew Bone's Snapchat. That's right. And you're singing it. That's right. We're just recommending like old, like antiquated songs. I'd like to recommend girls just want to have fun. No, 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 no. no, no, no. That's, way, that's way too mainstream. Everybody, that's, that's Do you think the, nobody's heard King of Wishful What do you think? Have, this is an indie song? No, no, no. no, no. Like, They've heard King of Wishful Thinking, but girls just want to have fun. It's on no, commercials. It's it's, yeah. I think I think King of Wishful Thinking is also on commercials. 
yourself a favor. You're wishful thinking that it is mainstream. Listen to Adele's Hello, oh, and then right. play King of Wishful Thinking as a response song, and it syncs up perfectly. And then tell Where us which you? song is actually better, yes. because it's King of Wishful it Thinking. Is King of wishful <laughs> thinking. <laughs> you guys are on the island here. All right, listen. Okay, remember, Rivals.com, all our stuff is there. Subscribe on iTunes. Please leave us a review. Just search Commitment Issues if you're already listening to us. It's kind of hard to figure out how to leave a review. Just, you know, Google it. It's it's very simple. We're up to twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And we're getting there, and you know, we're, we're shooting right up the charts. That's right. We got uh, the podcast handle on Twitter is at Rivals Podcast. Mine is at Cassidy underscore Rob. Woody is at Rivals Woody. I don't know Nick's, and you can get Andrew Bunch's Snapchat. <laughs> Nobody from, knows my you know, hence, hence my 790 <laughs> followers. Rivals Krug City. And what is your Snapchat name, Andrew Bunch? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Andrew J. Bone. Yeah, yeah. And he also, Andrew J. Bone, also a realtor, a member of the National Association of Realtors. Yeah, so if you need a house or, you know, one right. of these concert Snapchats, he's your guy. <laughs> yeah, real estate advice today. So that wraps it up. Play us out. Go West. Yeah.